back everyone for another episode of according to rp on wjms media powered by black ivy media it's your girl rita pierre your host and as always i hope you guys are striving thriving and surviving in the streets so today is the last sunday of the month it's the last weekend of women's history month the month is essentially over which means we are also at the end of the first quarter we are entering q2 in a matter of days and i know so many of us had q1 goals that we unfortunately did not meet however i will encourage you guys to still keep pushing a lot of times like we put ourselves on these timelines and we're like man we didn't get we didn't reach the goal in the first quarter and then we kind of get like depressed and like abandon the plans right um However, I am here to encourage you that as long as you start, you just need to start. You know, Q2 is here and which, in my opinion, means the end of the year is near. (laughs) My friends always say that I exaggerate because I always say, yo, Christmas is around the corner. But it's true. The years are flying by so fast. I mean, we are already in what year two. We have ended year two of the pandemic entering into what? is like what a third year maybe so things are flying time is flying and we do not have the time that we think we have so i guess the the message here is get your stuff together (laughs) stop waiting around you know oh i'll do it next week i'll do it next quarter oh i'll do it by the end of the year like get your stuff together now because tomorrow is certainly not promised i think at this point we all have gotten that memo very very clear and time is flying we are in q2 in a matter of days like it's crazy to me we literally are about to embark on christmas again so that's just i don't know public service announcement (laughs) (laughs) for for today so i also want to take this time to congratulate my girl farrah lewis council member farrah lewis let me get that straight um she was inaugurated today and so many of you are wondering but she's kind of been in the game for a little bit yes she has been this is like what i guess technically maybe second go around second term however for those of you who have tuned into you know our prior episodes with Farah, she explained that she's kind of an anomaly when it comes to this political game. She there was a she had to run essentially three times. You know, there was a special election because our current public advocate, Jamani Williams, uh, was the council member and, you know, ran for public advocate. So his seat became vacant. So she ended up having to run for that seat, won the special election. But then there was like what prime was it with primary and there was a general election. Uh, and then the pandemic happened. So she was not able to have a proper inauguration. And so now, you know, essentially two years later, two years and change later, she's up for, you know, up for her, I guess, what, 
she won her last election. So this would essentially be, I guess, a second inauguration, maybe, but it's her first inauguration. So I'm really, really happy for her. Really proud of all of the amazing things she's done for her community, even outside of her district, District 45. Um, in Brooklyn. But even outside of that, she has just been a global citizen. And so I'm so happy to be part of her team, to be part of this momentous occasion, you know, for her today. So shout out and big up to her. And I guess I might as well just shout out also all the phenomenal women that we have been highlighting on the Black Ivy Media platform. I know March is not over yet. We still have a we still have several more women to go, right? Because we said we were going to feature 31 women and we have been consistent to date. Um so but this is the last time I'm going to be able to, you know, really shout everybody out in uh Women's History Month. So shout out to all of the women that we have highlighted so far, all 27 women. And shout out to, you know, the remaining numbers. Y'all know I'm not good at math. <laughs> what is 27, 29, 30, 30 four more women. <laughs> that we will be highlighting um, to complete our phenomenal black women entrepreneurs and creative series. So for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, follow us at black Ivy media, B L A C K I V Y media um, on Instagram, on Facebook. We have been highlighting these local heroines, right? So we weren't, featuring Beyonce and Rihanna and, you know, celebrities and whatnot. Not saying that they don't deserve their flowers, but we have our own local celebrities and our own local global citizens, global warriors, humanitarians, business owners, boss ladies who are out here every day doing the damn thing. And so we definitely wanted to highlight, especially entrepreneurs and creatives um, for this year's series. So Follow us at Black Ivy Media on Instagram, um, you know, Facebook. We have our YouTube page, Twitter. We don't do the tweets so much, but we're getting on that. But follow us on all these platforms so you guys can see the amazing things that we have done so far for the, you know, for the month of March. Also, thank you all who attended our virtual panel discussion on black women and fertility. We had an amazing talk that was so informative. I learned so much. And shout out to the men. Shout out to the men who joined that conversation, because when we talk about fertility, we are always talking about women. We are always talking about, you know, what women can do, what women need to do. Women are, you know, whatever. Everything's about the woman. And we, you know, neglect the fact that it takes two to tango. It takes two to make a baby. And, you know, the male factor is a thing, right? There's male factor infertility. A lot of times it is not the woman that is giving the issues. It is the man. And as we learned during this panel, it is so easy or so much easier for men to get tested. All they got to do is, you know, secrete in a cup and they can test um, as opposed to women who have to undergo very invasive procedures to, you know, to see, you know, what's going on with their fertility. So either way, shout out to everybody who attended that informative panel discussion. Thank you again, Dr. Camille Hammond, um, who is also uh, from the, who is also the founder actually of the Tanina Q. Cade Foundation um, that is helping women um, and men really educate themselves on, you know, infertility, fertility options and all these other things and providing scholarships, providing financial funding for people to either, you know, embark on the IVF journey, egg freezing journey, 
or to, you know, establish um, family in general. Right. So like money for I think it was like adoption, um, you know, proceedings and things like that. Um, either way, we are definitely going to be posting a lot of um, events that are coming out of the Cade Foundation. They actually have an in-person event on April 7th in Brooklyn, New York. So follow us on Black Ivy Media so you guys can see that information and during that event, they are going to be raffling off a free egg freezing, I believe. And I'm, I know there was something with IVF as well, too. I don't want to misquote. But either way, there's some free giveaways, right? And again, for those of you who attended the event, you know that egg freezing, ladies, is between $10,000 and $15,000, right? Money, money, money. Uh, money that I do not have at the moment. <laughs> but I will definitely be in attendance so that I can, you know see what I can do with these eggs, <laughs> these freezing of the eggs. And also a uh, shout out and, and big thank you to Lisa Hendrickson, Jack, all the way from Toronto, Canada, who is a fertility um, advocate, a fertility expert. Um, and we were just so blessed for her knowledge as well, too. She has a book called The Fifth Vital Sign. And we are actually running a contest on the Black Ivy Media um, Instagram page. So the rules are there, but I'll just say it real quick anyways. So if you, so basically the rules are this, you'll get a free book. We have two books that we have two free books that we're going to be giving out. Um, or two people will get two free books, <laughs> a little, you know, a little wonky this morning, but either way, um, so if you if you have to follow Black Ivy Media and follow uh, Lisa Hen uh, Hendrickson Jack at Fertility Fridays um, on Instagram, you have to tag three people in the comment and you have to like and share the post. So we are going to be running this through, I think, maybe next week. We're going to try to cut it off this weekend, but we want to give you guys some more time. We're going to do more postings of it. So during this week, I think it'll be the last week we'll be posting uh, this uh, contest. Again, it's an amazing book. I don't want to say too much about it because I want you guys to go on to the Black Ivy Media page to learn about the book and why you should have it. But that's the contest we are running there. But yes, this conversation was so amazing. It was so needed. It was so necessary. We learned so much. And for those of you who missed the live stream, you can catch the replay on our YouTube channel because it's there at Black Ivy Media. And I believe that if you follow us on Facebook, because not everybody has YouTube, if you follow us on Facebook, you will be able to, to actually catch it on our page as well too, because it does save to the platforms. But either way, either way, either way, either way. So today is going to be a, actually wait, before I go into <laughs> today, what today is gonna be like, I forgot Another monumental moment that happened for our family in the month of March. This took place last week. Unfortunately, I was not able to be there in person because I was out of town, you know, getting my mind right. Um, but last weekend, East 45th Street in Brooklyn um, was co-named Marie-Andre Bichot after my grandmother. And this is an amazing, amazing, amazing moment for the for, for the family, right? Because for those of you who knew Marie-Andre Bichot, she was a force to be reckoned with. She was a staunch advocate. She was an organizer. The Hotel Trades Commission knows all about her because she was out here organizing and being a delegate for the Hotel Trades Commission. 
this woman was literally the plug when you came to America and you needed a job. This was the woman who hooked people up for jobs. There are so many people who owe their lives, honestly, to her because she was the plug. And even till the day she died, she was still the plug. She had her big notebooks because this woman did not believe (laughs) in storing numbers in a phone. Had a big, you know, all these, you know, uh, what is it, those marble notebooks um, with phone numbers and just information in them. And it was all to hook people up. It was all to hook people up. And so her work, um, I'm so happy that, you know, her legacy, her work will continue to live on on the block that she essentially spent, you know, the majority of her life and raised her children on. So. It's a very special moment for the family. I'm really, really happy that we were able to do this, that, you know, her block is named after her. And even in death, people will always remember the name Marie-André Bichot. And, you know, I mean, you know, I'm just part of legacy, guys. I'm out here in these streets being part of legacy. So y'all need to start talking to me nice. (laughs) If you weren't talking to me nice before, you're going to have to talk to me nicer now. So, (laughs) but again, just amazing, amazing, amazing. I'm so happy. I'm so happy for this moment for our family. Now I can get into the either way about today's show. (laughs) So... Today's going to be a solo episode. Um, It's the last Sunday of the month, so it's not really a wrap up, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, let's talk about some of the random things that are happening um, in the news today, right? In the news this week. Um, So I'm sure that many of you guys have been keeping up with the Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson confirmation hearings. And as a black woman attorney, who, you know, has gone through, you know, the pathways, (laughs) the road to Esquire, um, this has certainly been of interest for me. Now, we're definitely going to talk about uh, Judge, you know, Brown Jackson's um, journey and just her plight again as a black woman and, and, and just what was really going on during the Senate confirmation hearings and and how as black women we always are undervalued, even when we are the most qualified, even though we are overqualified, we still have to deal with these microaggressions and, and these issues from from those who are mediocre. I mean, I'm just going to say it from those who are mediocre. Um, and it's so sad. It's so sad, um, you know, watching it was just very, very, I mean, it was sad. I don't even know what other words to use for it. It was very sad to see how far we've come or not come in 2022. But again, we are going to talk about all of that in a separate episode. I have a very special guest who's been in the political realm, who is also a black female attorney who has been there, done that. And so she is definitely going to, uh, you know, talk about this. I've had some off um some offline conversations with her and she is ready and and ripe to have this conversation. So, this will probably take place maybe next week or the week after, but just be ready for that. But either way, the reason I'm bringing this up um is because there was a moment during the Senate confirmation hearings that really spoke to me and that was when Senator Cory Booker used his time to affirm Judge Brown Jackson, he took his time to affirm this black woman because he saw the circus that was taking place. He saw 
like what was happening. And he decided that, you know what? I am going to affirm my sister. I am going to let her know that she is worthy to be here. Despite everything that we are hearing, despite the tomfoolery, you, my sister, are worthy. And you are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Like That moment was so beautiful to me because being a black woman in America is already hard, right? Now, they always say that as a black woman, you have like, what, two, three strikes against you. You Strike one is that you're a woman, right? Strike two is that you're black, right? And I feel like when it comes to professional black women, especially, the burden is even heavier because we are constantly having to prove ourselves. You know, it's the worst feeling ever when you know you are not just qualified, but overqualified, but you have to stand in the shadows of mediocrity. And a lot of times, and I am here to say it, we are standing in the shadows of mediocre white men. You know, me and my friends, we have this saying, um, and we, we say it all the time, you know, when we get to these points of frustration, it's like, man, I if we only had the confidence of a mediocre white man, the places that we could and would go. And it's like, sometimes we have to like, Put ourselves in that shoe and it was it's just like you know what we like if we if we just had just one inch you know like where could we go like the things we would do if we could only be you know be a mediocre white man like and we see it all the time and people you know say what you want to say about the phrase or whatever but it is so true this is not like you know opinion we see this time and time again and here we go at the senate confirmation hearings ted cruz senator ted cruz i mean what was that right like what was that and so i bring this up because i think it's so important for black men especially to affirm black women like what he did what cory booker senator cory booker did I wish more black men did. I wish they, especially in the professional spaces. Now, black men have their plight too. We know this. We see it every day. We see it on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like we see it in real life. Like black men have their plight too. But when we're talking about these professional spaces, we cannot sit back and not acknowledge that there is a hierarchy, right? There's white men. And I think even before white women comes black men, right? Because that's it's the patriarchy, right? At the end of the day. And so it is critical in these professional spaces when black men are watching their black sisters who they know are qualified and overqualified being degraded, being torn down, being ripped apart, being invalidated by individuals who have less education, less credentials, less intelligence than they, but only got to their position because of, you know, I don't know, um, what's the word? Why is it escaping me? Why is it escaping me? <laughs> I can't, you know, whatever I want, like to make these strong points, these words, like the devil is alive, the devil's alive. But you know, um, you know what I mean? Uh, when you, damn it, Damn it, damn it, damn it. Either way, when you're family, you know, you kind of get where you need to get because of family and, and connections and whatnot. It's like it starts with a P, but it can't, I can't, I can't get the word, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, they only got there because of the special privileges, right? Not because of their merit. 
they did not get to where they got because of merit, but because of these the special favors and connections or whatever, which I'm not saying, and you know, special favors and connections are good, especially when the person is meritorious, right? Like if they merit it, that's one thing. But we have seen time and time again, individuals who have no business being where they are. They have no, they do not have the education. They do not have the skill. They do not have the credentials. And yet they are out here supervising and, and bossing things up over individuals who, you know, have more, you know, credentials or whatever than they, but either way, in these positions, I think that black, it is important that black men affirm and validate when black women are being invalidated, right? Or disaffirmed. Um, it's really critical, I think, for that to happen, right? And I would say in the instances where we see black men, you know, sisters, when we see black men in our professional spaces being devalued and, you know, um, invalidated that we we should we should do the same right it shouldn't just be a one-way street but the reason I talk about it more so for on the women's spectrum is because we see that all the time and it's not just because of the black it's because that they are women we are black women so we are not necessarily seen or heard and it's sad because we are some dope people <laughs> We are some dope individuals like black women literally run the world, in my opinion. But either way, I think that we need to do more for each other. And I think that watching the Senate confirmation hearings, you don't even have to be a lawyer. You don't have to even be in the political world to see that she was being the, the attempts to discredit her, the attempts to invalidate her, the attempts to kick her down. Right happening before our eyes it's sad so either way it would be a beautiful thing if we could just affirm each other validate each other especially in the moments when we are being invalidated right she you know she meaning <laughs> judge brown jackson was being invalidated and discredited and senator booker was like you know, yeah, I could send her a text later on saying, you know, you're worthy, sis, but I'm going to do it right now. As this tomfoolery is, take, is taking place, I am going to validate you in this moment. I'm not going to do it afterwards. I'm not going to call you afterwards and be like, yo, sis, I'm going to do it right now in front of the people who are discrediting you. That was beautiful. And I think we need to do more of that. Either way. <laughs> either way either way so before we get into the meat of the show which is actually a very hot topic and i am going to be posting about it on the platforms on according to rp because i really want you guys's opinion on it it is a hot topic but before we get into the meat of the show we do have our preliminaries so ladies and gentlemen it is now time for the urban dictionary word or phrase of the week do you understand definition um what does keep keep mean what's on fleek can you use it in a sentence i've been on fleek gillette and it's gonna be lit major key it's time for the urban dictionary word or phrase of the week so this week's urban dictionary word or phrase of the week is grief case the feelings you have about your past and the things that have happened to you, which often have a negative effect on your behavior and attitude. Example, 
who the hell to who the hell decided to call it emotional baggage and not grief case okay and this was submitted by do you like my fake nails dad <laughs> okay um either way so i'm what i will do is i will try i will attempt to break this down grief case okay so this person thinks they're making a funny they think that they're, I guess, uh, being witty here, right? So we talk about baggage, right? Emotional baggage. We're walking around, you know, with bags. Some people are bag collectors, right? There are individuals in our society who just love collecting bags and not not the Cardi B bags, right? Not the money bags, but they like to collect bags of grief, of trauma, of sorrow, of just whatever, one of my friends, one of my dear sisters, uh, my law school sister, P, I'll just refer to her as P. <laughs> P, if you're listening, I'm talking to you. Um, she made a very valid point to me a while ago when we were talking about my non-existent dating life. And she said, Rita, there are two types of people in this world victims and non-victims, right? Victims, those individuals who will always find a reason to be a victim, who dwell in victimness. And I'm not talking about victim of sexual assault, victim of crime, victim of everything, right? Woe is me people who just, instead of really getting up and changing the situations, they dwell in it. In fact, they love it. Everything is all, you know, the woman always leaves me or I'm always getting cheated on or I'm never the problem. It's always somebody else else I do everything but you know people don't do nothing those individuals and then there are the people who you know what they're gonna they're gonna get up and actually make a change it's not to say that the person who can make the change or who's gonna get up and make the change and not live in you know woe is me world does not have periods or bouts or moments where you know they are going to sulk a little bit, right? Because we're all human and we need to be able to feel and, and go through the, the emotions, right? And sit in the emotions at times. But that person is not going to stay there. They are not going to keep playing the victim, blaming others. These are the people who take accountability. So the two people in this world are those who continue to be victims and those who take accountability and, 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 and make changes, right? And so this grief case situation, like when I'm looking at it, you know, the person like, you know, they, I see what they're trying, they're trying to get at, right? Um, but I, I don't know if this is the one sis do, uh, what is it? Do you like my fake nails, dad? I don't know if this is grief case. Is anybody walking around saying, you know, grief case, this is emotional as opposed to emotional baggage. Um, I know sometimes we like to, I don't know, people love to think that they're witty, <laughs> but, but not everybody has wit and it's okay. It's okay to know that that's not your ministry in life to be witty. But grief case, I don't know. I don't I don't think I like it. I don't think I mean, I see where they're coming from with it, but I don't think it really drives the point home as opposed to saying emotional baggage, because when you say emotional baggage, you know exactly what they're talking about. Right. Because grief case could be what? Like when people think of the word grief, oftentimes they're thinking about death. Right. That's what they're thinking about, like death. They're not necessarily thinking about grievances or grievance in terms of like complaints and things like that. 
Um, no, emotional baggage is emotional baggage. I think we can stick with that term. Let's not replace it with grief case. <laughs> Let's not do that. So <laughs> I, I think that this is a no for this Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. So it is now time for our Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. <laughs> Urban, urban. So this week's Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week is Esque ou parler anglais? Esque ou parler anglais? Do you speak English? So, you know, I realize that, you know, I've been giving you some advanced phrases and terms, which I think is important, right? Because any, any, any educator which I have deemed myself, um, you know, you got to mix it up a bit. It's not just about learning basics. Sometimes you got to throw some of the, you know, some of the, the, the proverbs and stuff in the mix to give people a little hope of what, you know, of what's to come. Um, but esque ou parler anglais is, is a very important critical <laughs> beginner's phrase because you are asking the person do you speak english because this can save you a lot of heartache um haitians have this thing where they say like you know when they realize that you speak creole or speak any in any any you know amount of haitian creole they're gonna say oh wap fem graspi anglem meaning you have me you know wasting my english because you know, they have very limited vocabulary. So they're out here, you know, really stretching their brain follicles and, and their muscles and really like searching to put sentences together because they don't think you speak Haitian Creole. So they're like, man, like, oh, you know, that some of them, unfortunately, sounding sounding a straight up hot mess, you know, creating words that don't even exist in the English dictionary. But, you know, they're trying. But the moment they find out you speak Creole, they're like they get upset almost. Like you see that I'm like making a fool out of myself and you spoke Creole all this time. Well, my friends, there could be moments where you are in some serious stuff, right? And you need to you need like to access information like ASAP Rocky. And if the person speaks English, then it's like, why are you going to waste your Haitian Creole, right? Why are you going to grasp your Creole? You're not going to waste your Haitian Creole because now it's like, I need this information ASAP Rocky. I, you know, if you speak English, then we can get this conversation done and over with in a minute as opposed to, you know, 30 minutes, right? <laughs> so esque is do you, or esque ou, do you, parler, speak, anglais, English. Esque ou parler anglais? Esque ou parler anglais? I mean, if you want to put a little flair into it, let's say, you know, you've been listening to this show for a little bit now when you think that you can go to intermediate, you don't have to, you know, sound like, uh, you know, like esque ou parler anglais, but you could be like esque ou parler anglais, you know, add a little, add a little, uh, you know, I don't know, connect the words, esque ou parler anglais, right? Um, so that is the Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. Tune in every week. <laughs> For your Haitian Creole uh, word or phrase. Now, I know that I am in competition with Duolingo, apparently. However, Duolingo is still in the beta phase, which means that they are not perfect. They are not perfect. They're, they have they have um, led some people astray in the last couple of weeks. And I know this because y'all posting on social media asking questions. Um, so even though it seems like I'm in competition with Duolingo, 
Um, I would like to tell you that I am not right. We all have our purpose here. We all have our purpose. Duolingo, you know, I'm not an app. Duolingo actually has you, you know, checking boxes, circling things, repeating all this other stuff. What you're going to get here is you're going to get a word or a phrase. I'm going to tell you what it means. I'm going to pronounce it for you. And, you know, (laughs) that's about it. Either way, that is the Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. So now we are on to the big up of the week. And we already talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to talk about it again because I feel like it's really important. And I'm going to talk about it in a particular way, right? There's another angle. And and I guess heads up the womp womp of the week is about the same topic. <laughs> We're keeping it simple this week because you know what? It's a solo episode. I had things to do. So, you know, but either way, still important stuff, guys, still important stuff. The big up of the week. Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson. Yes, I'm going to drag this out, people. I'm going to drag it out today. But the reason I'm saying that she is the big up of the week for many reasons, right? But the number one reason, aside from her, you know, being a nominee for the Supreme Court, right? The highest court of the land, black woman, um, is her composure. Because ladies and gentlemen, the tomfoolery that was displayed this week by senators, right? By leaders of our community, leaders of the country, right? Ridiculous. White men, ridiculous, okay? It's her composure, ladies and gentlemen, Because in the midst of the questioning and the craziness that was happening, this woman did not roll not a nan eye. She did not make a a under under breath. What the F is this? She did not, you know, slap her hand on her thigh to be like, oh, no, he didn't. She kept her cool and her composure. And, you know, the crazy part is, is that anyone else a white man would could could have jumped up could have been like are you kidding me and it would have been a okay but because she's a black woman she knew where she was going she knew what she was up for and she knew she had to keep her composure now i don't know if she had to practice for weeks or for months to make sure that her eye roll did not roll her eyeball did not roll to the left to the right But this woman stayed poised like she was the epitome of grace. And I say that this is a big up because for those of you who know me and even some of the judges in Brooklyn, (laughs) when I used to appear in court, know that my face, there is it is very hard to control the face of Rita Pierre in the midst of stupidity. Like I have such a low tolerance for stupidity. I have such a low tolerance for tomfoolery and BSness, right? If you are BSing me and I have caught on to it, I can be in a serious conversation with you. My, I will roll my eye unbeknownst to me. Like I, apparently I rolled my eyes in situations and I've had to been told that I rolled my eyes, but it's like, Is it my fault that you're being stupid? I don't know. But either way, the fact that she kept her composure and there were a couple times you saw her, you know, have to look to the left a little bit, but it was very poised. You could tell she was bothered. I mean, black people could tell she was bothered because she did the the black people poised moves, right? The little 
I'm going to look to the left. I'm going to slowly, I'm going to lightly lift my hand lightly and gently, t- you know, lay it back on the table. I'm going to shift my, you know, myself to the left in my seat. So there were a couple of signs that she was highly annoyed, but you know, to the, to, to the black eye, yes, we've identified it. But to the rest of the world, this woman was the epitome of grace, right? Like she was unshaken. She was unshaken. And that is something that I aspire to be. I aspire to be able to sit in the middle of BS and not huff and puff and not move to the left and not roll my eyes. It is a journey. It is a struggle. It is a skill that I must still learn, but I am working on it. But Big up to her, big up to her for her poise, big up to her for being a nominee for the highest court of the land. Like every little black girl, every current black woman law student, even myself who's been in the game, you know, 10 years plus, this woman is, she is a role model to us. She is a, she is like the, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but she is that the the goat. Maybe I don't know if you want to use the goat because people use the goat too much, but she has something to aspire to be right. As, aspire to be this, this black woman, this dark skinned woman with sister locks is about to sit on the highest court of the land. Like that is amazing. And that is something that many would never think that they would see in their lifetime. Right. And I am blessed to see it in my lifetime. I am blessed to be a black woman attorney seeing this happen, right? And I think that this serves an example for for all, all of you who have aspirations and have dreams that it can be possible, but through hard work and dedication, because this woman did bust her tail. She went to Harvard. You know, she was, you know, law review. She, you know, she did what she needed to do. She put in the work to be where she is today. And so let that serve as an example. You know, if you want to, if you want to, what is it? If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention, but you also on top of paying attention, you better actually do the work, right? That we're not, there's no skating happening here. Do the work, do what you got to do, be vigilant, but you got to put in the hard work. You know, you could be woke all you want, but if you're not putting in the work, if you're not taking the action, you're not going to go anywhere. I'm sorry. So big up to you. Big up to Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson. Now, the womp womp of the week is in the in, in the same vein of the, you know, Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson situation. But this womp womp goes to Gail King. Now, for those of you who know, I'm not always a fan of Sister Gail King. I respect her and I, you know, she has she has definitely shattered glass glass windows, glass ceilings. <laughs> I said glass windows, glass <laughs> glass ceilings. Guys, remember, um, child of an immigrant. Sometimes I don't get the analogies right all the time, but she has shattered some things. She has shattered some things, and she is a force to be reckoned with in the media world, right? And this is what makes it even more disturbing, even more concerning, even more sad. Now. Last week or this week, I don't, I don't know, last week, I guess <laughs> it's Sunday. So I guess it's last week. Um, there was a post that went viral. It was basically video reels stitched together of all of these journalists, all of these, you know, news anchors mispronouncing Judge Kentaji Brown Jackson's name. 
right? Now, it's always interesting to me. Like, it baffles me how these individuals who are trained individuals are mispronouncing this woman, you know, people's name. It's not just her. She's not been the first victim. You know, she has definitely not been the first victim of color to have had their name massacred, right, on national television. But it always baffles me how these same individuals, news anchors, journalists, have no issue pronouncing these Eastern European names that have all sorts of silent consonants. You know what I'm saying? Silent consonants, letters that don't belong like together. <laughs> like they have no problem. Their brain just, it's either their brain just automatically puts it together, which I know that's not the case. It's because they took some time to study. They took at least two minutes to pronounce the name, right? To practice in the mirror before they went on air. It's always interesting to me how people can say Tchaikovsky, how people can pronounce all these, you know, crazy ass names from Harry Potter, <laughs> like all of these names, like people can say all of these things, you know, however, they cannot pronounce the ethnic African names, which in my opinion, seem to be much easier to pronounce. There's like a little phoneticism going on there. I don't understand how you have issues saying Kantaji, which I feel like if you just look at it, phonetically speaking, you don't even have to have the, the skill. Phonetically, that's how you say her name. It's spelt phonetically, Kantanji. However, I don't understand how the Brown Jackson piece <laughs> is an issue. These are two English names. And this is where my sis, uh, Gail King, went wrong. She didn't pr pronounce, you know, her first name wrong, right? She didn't mispronounce the judge's first name. She gave the judge a whole new last name. She referred to her as Kintaji Brown Johnson. Johnson is not her last name. So when I heard Gail King, like, that, I mean, I was, first of all, I was, I was, I was baffled that she, like, I, when I first saw her image in the, the, the video reel, I was like, what is she doing here? And then when I heard her, you know, call her by, you know, Brown Johnson, I was like, et tu brute? Et tu brute? Like, I was really, I was really, um, I was really baffled by that. I was really baffled that Gail King literally gave her a whole new last name. And for me, like, that's disrespectful, right? Mispronounce my name, you know, the letters, whatever. But you get like, you didn't, you like Brown Johnson. Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, like for me, that's what the Haitians call a monk du respect. That might be next week's work. A monk du respect. Lack of respect, Right. I felt like as a sister, she should have done better by her sister, right? So shame on you, Gail King. It's not the first time she has been the womp womp of the week for me, for those of you who tune in. It's not the first time. She, she has been, she has been um, a, a healthy candidate, you know, for, for womp womps for a while now because she's always doing something. I don't understand. Like, it's hard sometimes. Is she for the culture, not for the culture? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. But either way, the womp womp goes to her because th there, there was no excuse. There was no excuse. She didn't even fumble on the first name. She literally gave her a whole, a whole new last name. And it didn't, it, and I, I don't know. I don't know. Either way, moving on to the meat of the show.
So it looks like men will soon be able to get on the pill. <laughs> when I saw this uh, hit the news last week, I was like, ain't this some, you know, I've heard about this attempt to create like male birth control and I never, you know, I I don't know how I feel about it, but I, I've heard about this attempt. And I think there actually there actually are male birth control pills on the in the works, right? But of the hormonal persuasion. But apparently this article or these string of articles are about the discovery of non-hormonal birth control pills. So <laughs> Apparently, according to various news outlets, a new male contraceptive was found to be 99% effective when tested in mice. Interesting. Mice, rats, men. Interesting. Um, <laughs> according to research, right, presented to uh, a meeting of the American Chemical Society, the ACS, on Wednesday, human testing of the non-hormonal male contraceptive could begin as soon as the third or fourth quarter. We were talking about quarters earlier, guys. So uh, third or fourth quarter, looks like big things are happening with uh, human testing with this uh, male contraceptive. Apparently it's 99% effective in rats and in, in, in mice. So I'm assuming, I guess they're saying that it's going to be 99% effective in men. Uh, but currently, as I say, it's not, too long ago, you know, there are no approved male birth control pills on the market and that the majority of them are birth control pills that use hormones. And these hormones apparently target testosterone. And the issue with that apparently is that it causes, you know, or it may cause, it may cause potential side effects such as weight gain, depression, and increased low density lipoprotein cholesterol levels. Interesting, because these, these uh, side effects sound very familiar. They sound like the side effects that currently are experienced by women who take uh, female contraceptives. <laughs> so we are so concerned that the men may get depression um, and whatnot and weight gain, heaven forbid, from a birth control. However, women have been, ex you know, experiencing mood swings, crazy mood swings, I would say, on some of these pills. Weight gain, you know, cholesterol, increased chance of blood clots, heart, you know, there's always the list of, of the 50 million things that people can, you know, side effects people can get from medications. Um, but interestingly enough, the concern, the, the extra concern for men. Interesting, interesting. Anyways, um, so I guess my question to all of you, and I would love for you guys to comment by sending, you know, a message to according to RP on Gmail at gmail.com or according to RP, you know, slide up in the DMs. What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this male contraceptive situation? Like, are we here for it? Like, ladies, do you really see yourselves asking your mate or the guy that you might be dealing with for that day? Uh, Sir, are you on the pill? Did you take your pill this morning? <laughs> like, could you imagine telling a guy like, did you take your pill this morning? Because we ain't about to do nothing if you're not on the pill, right? Because this is this is the pressure that men have been putting on women 
since the beginning of time, well, let me not say the beginning of time, <laughs> since birth control, <laughs> since birth control became accessible, right? They didn't want to wear the condoms because it doesn't feel the same. This is what I'm hearing in the streets, guys. Um, so it's like, you know, you should get on the pill, right? And unfortunately, you know, women have succumbed because the women, they need the interaction. They're not going to say no, so they get on the pill, right? Pregnancy is a real situation. Many of us, even those of us who already have kids, <laughs> are not ready to be bringing in life haphazardly into this world, right? It is a serious thing. It's a financial burden to some. Um, it's emotionally taxing. Uh, you know, those of us who have kids can tell you mental health <laughs> is challenged. Um, so, it, you know, so listen, pregnancy, it, it's a big thing. So we need to be able to protect ourselves. If you're not trying to get down like that, then you have to do something. But, you know, Condoms, you know, are also forms of birth control. And for such a long time, you know, men have just been on some like, I don't want to use condoms. You need to get on birth control if this is going to be a thing. So now it looks like the tables are turning. But I wonder, will women start putting the pressure on the men the way that the men were putting the pressure on the women will women stand up for themselves and say sir if you want this cookie i need you to get on the pill are they going to say that i don't know i don't know like we've been so conditioned to be a certain way i just don't i personally speaking am not sure if i can see myself telling a guy hey did you take your pill this morning <laughs> Or are you on the pill? Are you on the patch? Are you on the shot? Like, get on something if you want this cookie. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I don't know if I can do that. And to be honest, I mean, outside of the fact that there's definitely a double standard with this concern for male weight gain, um, I don't, you know, the contraceptives, I mean, listen, if you have to use them, you have to use them. But I can understand why people in general are weary about them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you know, any, any, any additional drug that you are inserting into your body, you know, you, you should be a little concerned. You should be, you should always be concerned. Right. And so I guess some people might say, is it a necessity to take the birth control? Just, you know, wrap it up, wrap it up twice if you have to, I don't know. Um, I mean, outside of, outside of being on contraceptives for, you know, medical reasons, right? Like when I was younger, my cycles were unfortunately irregular. I had to get on birth control to regulate. It was a medical necessity for me. It wasn't because I was trying to get, get in. Um, but outside of the medical necessity, um, you know, if you don't have to, you don't have to. So this whole male contraceptive thing, I just, I don't know. I don't know how much it will take. Will it take? Do you guys think it's going to take? Do you guys think... It's going to be a thing. You know, many people are saying uh, this is gender equality at its finest. Um, I mean, I guess a part of me has to agree, right? <laughs> you, I mean, you want women to get on the pill, sir. Are you on the pill? Did you take your pill? Like, why do I have to be on the pill? You know what I mean? I guess it is maybe gender equality at its finest, but but I don't know. This is this is this is a, a difficult one for me. Um I know there are women who are like, why is it difficult? You know, me, women have been on this for forever. Women have to suffer, you know, with all the side effects and this, that, and the third. You know, it's time for the men to, to get a dose. <laughs> you wanted me to be on the pill so much, you get on the pill and tell me how you like it, right? <laughs> it's like, it's 
one of those things, you know, when men are always like, you know, are, are you on your cycle? Like your mood is crazy. They don't understand that a lot of times it's the pill that's causing the the mood swings. It, it's not necessarily the fact that the woman has mood swings as part of her, you know, premenstrual whatever like i didn't have mood swings at all for like 95 percent of my cycled life it wasn't until recently <laughs> you know so the pill causes these monster mood swings and so i don't know I don't know. You know, people are always blaming it on the cycle when it really was the pill. So I want to know how will the conversation go now, right? If men do get on this birth control pill and they experience this depression, like if I tell you that, if I ask you, are you, are you depressed because you know, you're on the pill or if I, if, if I talk to you about your mood swings that I'm not feeling right now, you know, how, how are you going to feel? Because, you know, men don't like when they're, when they're called out. <laughs> and I realize that. Men do not like when they're being called out on their stuff. And so my thing is, how are you going to take the same way you used to come at us? Like, oh, are you on your period? Or, you know, is it the pill? Like, you're, you're on your mood swing today? How would you like it? How, how would you like it, men? If women start commenting and making statements to you like that, like, oh, it must be the pill. Are you on the pill? The, I just can imagine the rhetoric. Oh my gosh. Is this going to destroy what we, you know, the, the little that we have, you know, the little that we have, like, is it going to destroy the dynamics? <laughs> I don't know. This is quite interesting. This is very interesting to me, this pill situation. So I am definitely going to keep it locked. I'm going to keep it locked. I'm going to follow this story. Um, and I'm going to see what develops. They said in Q, was it Q3 or Q4 or yeah, I think third or fourth quarter, they're going to start testing uh, this on on humans so that, you know, they're going to leave the mice alone and they're going to take it to the humans. I am interested in seeing what the results of this study, like what the conclusions are with respect to this, because this is going to definitely be a game changer. But I'm wondering, what will the damage be? You know, with respect to the dynamics of men and women, what will the dysfunction be? What will be the consequence of this? Will there be consequences? Maybe I'm just being a pessimist. I don't know. But I feel like when you got women asking men, did you take your pill this morning? (laughs) Or is the pill causing your mood swings, sir? I feel like when you give women that type of uh, empowerment, I wonder how it will be accepted in the overall male community, the patriarchy, because we live in a patriarchy, even though women are killing it and women are literally changing lives, um, changing narratives and doing all these amazing things. We still are in a patriarchal society, so... Either way, guys, questions that need to be answered. And I don't have all the answers. I only have opinions. (laughs) So with that being said, um, I, I, I made it to the end. I often wonder, you know, how how long can I go for? Can I make an hour? Can I talk for an hour on these solo episodes? And I always I always surprise myself. 
I don't know why I'm surprised though. It's it's been several years since I've been doing this, but I'm always surprised because in the beginning, like my thought process is, man, like okay, I'm gonna talk about these things. Will I have enough time to address? Like, am I gonna fall short? But I never fall short, thank God. I actually always make it. Either way, guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I will talk to you guys next week. Please, please, please be sure to follow us at Black Ivy Media on Instagram. According to RP on Instagram and WJMS Media on Instagram. And guys, I, I, I keep forgetting to do this in the beginning of the show, but I'm going to do better. To our UK family, Mint Wave Radio, shout out to you guys. You know, the UK family, you guys show us so much love here. We thank you for tuning in. We thank you for being part of the According to RP family. And I am going to do a better job of shouting you guys out because I always, I, I, it's like, I feel like I do it, but then I realize that, wait, I don't, but yes, Mint Wave Radio, follow them as well too on social media. They are the UK fam. They, you know, they, they replay our shows or they play our shows um, on the Mint Wave Radio for the UK base. So we are international guys. Again, talk to me nice. But again, uh, shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for being such great supporters and, you know, love, love, love to be able to incorporate you guys into the According to RP show. So if you guys are in the UK and you are like, man, I would like to be a guest on this According to RP show playing in the Americas, definitely slide up in my DM. My DMs are available for slides, but appropriate slides. Don't slide up in my DM, you know, being inappropriate. Slide up in my DM, you know, for show related things or, or to give words of encouragement or to share content. Shout out and also shout out to my people who, who send me, you know, content to talk about. Shout out to you guys as well, too. But either way, thank you guys again for tuning into this week's episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, again, <laughs> signing off. I will talk to you guys next week. You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back. 7-